Hi, it's Kayla with Real Girls Podcast, episode five, Transformative Scripture. We're going to go into our transformative scripture for today, which is 1 Corinthians 2 and 12 from the King James Version. And it reads, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Think about that word freely for a minute as we talk about what transformative means. When you say something is transformative, it means that it it changes something or someone. And when we read the Holy Scriptures, it's supposed to bring life to us. It's supposed to change us. Think about Jesus whenever he, you know, walked the earth. Jesus was the living word. When you accept Jesus into your life, you're not supposed to stay that same worldly creature. You're supposed to be transformed because the blood of Jesus is what renews you and forgives you for all, makes it where you can be forgiven for all your sins and redeems you, opens your eyes to a new perspective. That's what the word is supposed to do for us. But the problem is we don't allow it to do that for us, nor do we really pray and ask God to, you know, change some things as we read the scriptures. So if you look at Psalms 3, 4 through 5, it's going to tell us about confidence facing the enemy. Because remember, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, meaning that we have power through God that he's given us to cast down these negative thoughts and cast out all these feelings of worry and anxiety, um, all these feelings of uncertainty. We have the power to let go of those things, cast them out because it's God who gives us the power. But are we having that confidence in him so that he can do it? Because by not believing in the full integrity of the scripture, we dole down God's power. But according to our faith, that's what measures the works that can be done. Because in a sense, God limits his power to the heart of his believer. So if you don't believe that you know, he can get rid of that stress, if you don't believe that he can provide that money when you don't have a paycheck coming in, then... It's going to be very hard for him to do it because you're not believing that he can. But with all things, we're supposed to have faith in him. So I think it's so funny because David basically said in those verses that, look, I I cried out to God. I was vulnerable with him. I told him what I needed and he heard me. He was confident that God heard him. So what did he do? He laid down, went to sleep and woke up. And he said that the Lord had sustained him, meaning that the Lord strengthened his mind, supported him physically. That's what we're supposed to do. When we pray and we tell God all our worries and our frustrations, we're not supposed to take it up off the altar with us. We're supposed to leave it there. But the problem is we want what God has for us without having to do what God requires that we do to get it. And a lot of the times it's not anything it's not anything super inconvenient. It's just uncomfortable because when you're on the ground for so long, it's very hard to get up. But once you get up and get your momentum going, then it's like, you know, you were almost never even off the ground or never on the ground is what it feels like. But 
Philippians 4, 6-7 says that we're supposed to be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Right there, God is telling us, look, I told you, if you're my child, you're not supposed to worry for anything because... In knowing who I am, you're supposed to be assured that I'm your provider. If you need sleep, I was just asking God before I recorded this, God, I am tired. I need some sleep. And he showed me uh, a vision almost of myself on the altar. And he was basically like, that is your rest. What are you talking about? That is, that's supposed to be your release. That's everything you need right there. And so he reminded me that he's the one who strengthens me. You know, when I'm weak, he's the one who multiply seem it. He's the one who makes it seem like my four hours of sleep are eight hours and helps sustain me throughout the day and gives me what I need to complete my studies, you know, finish work, um, go make money, all this stuff. He is the one that supplies that. But he doesn't always give it to us in the way that we want. And when he doesn't do that, that's whenever we get a little hissy fit because we're like, well, God, if I say that I want more sleep, that means I want more hours. But you're telling me to go on the altar and basically subtract my hours of sleep. You know, that's not what we think. And we get our vision of God distorted and we forget that he wants the very best for us. He has agape love for us. We think that he's just a God who barks um, uncomfortable orders at us and just strives to make us feel uncomfortable and that's not who he is but we're so used to being uncomfortable that coming into comfort is not easy for us when i think about god um who is our present love you know being a child of god with jesus being our husband you know we love talking about that on our podcast now but i think about jesus being our present love and then the enemy who was our love before this um when you love someone your you know your thoughts are driven by them at times and your heart is really open and receptive towards them in the same way that we are with God now we were basically that way with the enemy prior to us being saved whenever he whispered those you know negative thoughts into our ears we would just take it because we didn't necessarily know it was him telling us that we just knew that was how we felt But when you come over to God's side, he's like, girl, I did not want you to carry that baggage over here. Because whenever the devil whispers something in your ear or tell you to do something or tell you to think something about yourself, it didn't set you free. If anything, it made you more bound. And so we're so used to being deceived by our past love that we don't want to step into trust with our previous love. We get the two mixed up and we forget that God wants what's best for us where else, or whereas our previous love didn't. And we're so used to being um, tricked into thinking, well, if you do this, then you'll be free. And so we think whenever we read the scriptures and it tells us, don't worry about it and you'll be free. Instead, just pray to me, beg me for what you need and thank me for I'm doing it. We don't want to do that because we don't want to let our guards down to God. Even though we're supposed to know that he is a peace giver. He is he freely gives to those who seek him. But we don't trust that stuff. 
The word in John 15 and 7 says, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it will be done unto you. So to abide means to live and get life from. So we know that reading the scriptures, um, abiding is a lot more than just reading what's on the pages. It's living in it. It's living by it. You can't live the Christian life if you're not reading, actively reading the scriptures and getting that revelation through the Holy Spirit of what it means. Because if anything, it's the Holy Spirit that reveals its true meaning to us. I think about when you first get saved. It was no one but the Holy Spirit that could have took the blinders off of your eyes. So where you could see your sins, you could see your filth. God did that. If you're a sinner, you can't see the magnitude of your sins unless God reveals that sensitivity to your heart and opens your eyes up to see what you was really doing. But to, in order to live in God's scriptures and to abide in them and to get life from them, we have to hope. We have to hope. Romans 5 and 5 says, And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. And in my Bible, it says that hope is not more like a it's not a hope so type of hope, but it's like a no so type of hope. So when you pray to God asking for these things, when you pray to God asking that he releases you from certain addictions that you may have, whether it be a food addiction or, you know, something else. You have to know that God can give that to you. He doesn't withhold any good thing from his children. He's a father. He readily gives, protects, supplies. That's who he is. We don't have to sit here wondering, well, is God going to do it? Get you a Bible. Read the scriptures that it tells you because it's words coming from directly from God. And just believe it. Do what it says to do. And I promise you, you'll get what you need to get from it. Just ask God to reveal the true meanings to you. I love y'all and I'll talk to you in my next episode. Don't forget, new episodes every Tuesday. Bye.